Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. People say, why do you laugh? You laugh at the devil, man. Because <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You laugh at the devil. Come on. Hallelujah. Because the joy of the Lord, when that joy comes from you, joy unspeakable in the midst of everything. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what, God is so good, man. God is so good. Hallelujah. We may not be perfect. And I, you know, let's just, you know, let me just say the church is not perfect by any means. Amen. But it's it's the love of God that that binds everything together. Because we say, God, we're here for one reason. It's for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. And, and the will of God, the Bible tells us, is, not, is that not doesn't want anyone to perish. That's His will. Amen. That's why we send people up to, to you know, to... to <laughs> Amen. Wherever they are. <laughs> I know where they are. Amen. <laughs> But let me just say this, you know, so the reports I've been getting, and I got one early this morning, is that, um, is that the, there's greater favor now this year than there was last year. Greater open doors, and that's through prayer as well. Amen. More than ever. And let's never underestimate this. It's time to pick your mantle up and say, we will see a move of God. You know Why? So, because it, it's not just beneficial for you, but for the future generations. We are always in this for future generations. I refuse to let Satan have his way on our young people. I refuse. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Just while people are sitting down, don't forget this Wednesday, there's no home sales. There's no anything. We're having disc uh, personality is going to be a great night of disc. Everyone is welcome. Understanding how you think. Amen. And understanding why others misunderstand you. Who's ever felt misunderstood? You need to be here. All right. How to resolve conflict. Come. How to resolve conflict in team, in marriage, in many things. Understanding why. How do you get a raise from your boss? And I'm sure everyone will be here now. Amen. But you're welcome. It's a great night. Uh, we've done this in CRC. I started doing this in its current format, like 2000, in the year 2000 almost. And it's done all over our churches, all right, in, its, in the format that we use now. So I've done it hundreds of times. Amen. So if you've done it before, you think, oh, I've done it before. Do it again. <laughs> Because you never stop learning. The greatest thing always, you never stop learning. If you can understand yourself and understand others, we've gone a long way. Believe me. Amen. And uh, just quickly, I'm, I'm going to shorten. So I'm going to start from Numbers 23. So you know. All right. But uh, just to say this, we've applied. Uh, so we have applied for this ground next or for parking. to, to use. So just pray for that as well. Um, because we want to, so that it's not such a long walk. Our bus is not here, the courtesy bus, on this day that it's not raining. You know, the app said it's not raining, you know. So what you've experienced out there is actually not real, just so you know. Amen. And um, upgrades are happening, so the, the outdoor blind should be in in about three weeks' time. Kids' church is ongoing. We've just replaced the sound desk. Well, no, well we have paid for it. We're still waiting for it. Uh, because there's apparently a supply chain shortage somewhere. 
all right? And uh, we've ordered new packs. There's upgrades in media. It's, it's continuous. Amen. Um, so thank you for those who always give and thank you for what you do do and for always being behind this. There's always stuff. Hey, and then tonight, um, I just really felt in my heart to get Pastor Vera here, uh, Pastor Vera Lim. She's one of the women I respect, uh, uh, you know, almost, well, I can't say the most because I do respect my wife most. Amen. So, but one of the women I respect most of one of the women who carries a great anointing, very underestimated in the city, very. So she carries a great anointing. She's just been overseas and I always, I somehow always feel in my heart to get her when she's been overseas. She's coming back with a message. We're going to pray for miracles, signs and wonders, but also just for the title of the message, what you're going to minister is the goodness of God because the goodness of God will bring the breakthrough and provision. So that's tonight. Don't miss it. It's going to really be great. Amen. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to Numbers 23. I'm just halving what I said. If you want to know what I said last week, then go and uh, you can find out. But you know, God is faithful. If you, if you don't understand the faithfulness of God, your faith will always suffer because your, your faith is built on the character of God. It's not built on your feelings. So whether you've messed up or not, that's not where your faith is built. Whether you feel good or not, that's not an indication of your faith. Where our faith comes and where it is built is built on the very character of God. So that's why when we pray, we pray based on the character of God. And the character of God is that He is faithful. God is faithful. That's what He says. Now, the Bible tells us in Timothy that even if we are unfaithful, God remains faithful because He cannot deny Himself. Because it's His very essence. It's His very character that He is faithful. Amen? And so, if you build your faith on that, that is what will bring you through. A lot of people build their faith on emotion, on feeling, on circumstances. And if you build your your faith on circumstances, Nothing worked out for me this week. Where is God? Well, then you just have no idea about the character of God because God is faithful. When you sin, the Bible says if you sin, you confess your sin to God, 1 John 1 verse 9, and God is faithful. Amen? And God will forgive you for your sins because He is faithful. Not because of feeling. God is not, doesn't applaud when we sin, but when we confess our sins, the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's based on the faithfulness of God, on who God is. His very essence that He does what He says. Amen. And so God is faithful. You know, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So God doesn't change His mind. The Bible says that there's, there's no darkness in God. He is light. So there's no variation in God. God doesn't have shades of light. It's light. Amen. So when God says something, it's in the light. It's there. It's not a shade of yes or a a shade of no. Amen. Amen. Come on. It's one. He's light. He's not dark at all. There's no darkness in Him at all. There's no variation. And so because God is faithful, He has blessed What He has blessed cannot be cursed. Very important. Let's go to Numbers 23. 
because God is faithful, what He has blessed cannot be cursed. Numbers 23. And so what happens here, the, the, the king hires the prophet to go and curse God's people because he wants to win. He wants to beat them in battle. But every time the prophet opens his mouth, what comes out of his mouth is blessing. So he's paid money to curse Israel, but he cannot. Because, and the king gets mad. He says, I paid you money to curse Israel, but look what happened. You bless them. Every time you open your mouth, you bless them. And this is what he says. This is what Balaam says. He says in verse 19, God is not a man. Say, Amen. God is not a man. Is that right? Nor a woman. Amen. Do you know what a woman is? <laughs> Amen. 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 So God is not a man. And we know what a man is. The, well, maybe I should teach you one day exactly what the Bible says what a man is. It's very descriptive. Amen. But we won't go there now because I'll offend some of you. Amen. Nor that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. The word repent here means change his mind. Amen. So God is faithful. He doesn't change his mind. There's no variation in God. So God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. In other words, look, we change our mind. Sometimes we say yes. Meanwhile, we, we actually just too afraid to say no because we don't like conflict. And that's why you need to be here on Wednesday to help you with that. So people don't like conflict, so they will say yes, but, but, but in the process, they change their mind. The Bible says God is not like that. If God gives you a yes, it's a yes. If God gives you a no, it's a no. And He says, has He not said and will He not do? Or has He spoken and will He not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless, right? So the prophet says, all that God is telling me is to bless Israel. He says, I've received a command to bless and I cannot reverse it. Amen. So, so that's the point. What God has said will come to pass. Because God is faithful, what He has blessed cannot be cursed. But the point is if we stay in Him. Because eventually the king says, well, then how are we going to beat Israel? And, and the prophet says, well, I'll tell you what, just teach them to be unfaithful to God. Teach them to serve other gods, which is what they did. They infiltrated them and brought in other things that it's Jesus plus, that it's Jesus plus the world. Or now it's the world that has a greater sway on us. Amen? Come on. And so, he was hired to curse Israel. All he could do was bless. But he says, look, the only way you're going to change this is, uh, is if you teach them to be unfaithful to God. Because here's the point in Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Heaven become a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the Bible says, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us who are in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. We've got to stay in Jesus. He said, what happens if I mess up? Get back to Jesus as soon as possible. 
Amen. Get back to Jesus because it's in Christ is where the blessing of Abraham is. And you can look at the blessing of Abraham. And I believe because the church has operated in so much condemnation about what they deserve and what they don't deserve and uh, 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 who God is and the character of God. And uh, uh, because of that, because the church largely has placed their faith on their faith. Because we place our faith on our feelings and our emotions and even our behaviour instead of on the character of God. And when you start believing the character of God, your behaviour will change. Amen. And when you believe the character of God, you your faith will grow and develop and, and, and be stirred up in your life because you realise it's not based on you, it's based on God. Amen. A lot of charismatics and faith people have moved on to the point that they've got faith in their own faith. I don't have faith in my faith. I have faith in God. Amen. Because God is faithful. God, what God says will come to pass. Amen. And so irrespective of how I feel or the circumstances or whether the interest rate goes up or down or whether the Antichrist is trying to bring something or, 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 or governments introduce demonic mandates, it does not matter. God is still faithful and I Place my faith on that and I will come through. I will be I will come out stronger in the end, irrespective. And even if I die, it does not matter because I still win. Because eternity is my home. Amen. Eternity is my home. Heaven is my home. So we cannot lose as God's people. Amen. We got nothing to fear. Nothing. Amen. And so that's why we always have to watch. Are we being drawn away to love the world? Because here's what James 4 says in the Passion Translation. He says, you've become spiritual adulterers. Now, I'm just going to read the Word because it's going to speak for itself. And if it, if it touches you, then let it touch you. You've become spiritual adulterers, a fair and unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values, places you at odds with God. Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Does the Scripture mean nothing to you that says the Spirit that breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? But He continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And He will come even closer to you. But make sure that you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your hearts pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humility. Feeling to be made low before the Lord and He will exalt you. That's the character of God. God says, if you come to me with a contrite and open heart, a heart not full of yourself. But knowing that you need me, I will lift you up. And he says, dear friends, verse 11, as part of God's family, 
Because this is part of siding and moving away from God. Because here's what it says. Because when we operate like this, this is key in verse 11. We, we remove ourselves from the covenant of God and the faithfulness of God. He says, dear friends, as, as part of God's family, never speak. Say, never speak. Ooh, amen. You know what they did to me. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. God's family. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is to not make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. There is only one true lawgiver and judge. The one who has the power to save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? You know, the word is very clear. If you read King James, tells us that, and this is what it's saying here, is when we place ourselves in that place of passing judgment on every single Christian we can think of, we actually are placing ourselves in the place of God. You know that Satan was kicked out of heaven because he tried to do that? There's one lawgiver. And that's why when we understand God is faithful, we say, Lord, I trust you. Because trials and tribulations and storms will come. So yesterday morning, um, um, while I was doing the garden and all the leaves and all that, because we have a lot of trees. And um, because, you know, as a pastor, the angels were not obviously working like through the night. So when I woke up, there's all these leaves, you know. I'm thinking, God, what happened? You're right. God said to I said, what must I do, Lord? He said, Go get the leaf blower. <laughs> Amen. But you know, as I was just cleaning up, lots and lots of leaves and so on, sweeping and blowing stuff, is I realized that storms do come. Now we can either sit in the aftermath of a storm and say, last week it was all clean. Look at it this week. What now? Why? Or you can just dutifully just say, let me clean it up and carry on. Amen. And that's the important thing in the faithfulness of God is our part is to say, Lord, I rely on you. And Lord, I, I, where I've spoken against brothers or sisters in your family, forgive me. That's humility. And you know what the Bible says? God lifts you up. God elevates you. Amen. You know, as a pastor, I know, look, I know people talk about me a lot. There, there are leaders that will talk about me. There are even pastors. I know they talk about me. Sometimes not negative, uh, not positive. A lot of times negative. It doesn't matter to me. Because I've chosen in my life that even if I know somebody has spoken against me or about me, I will always go out of my way to greet them. Always. And sometimes I will send them money. Because you know, Jesus said, He said, when all else fails, make friends of unrighteous mammon. In other words, money can talk where you cannot talk. Amen. I believe God's Word. 
But why do I do that? Because I realise God is faithful and God is faithful to His Word. As much as God is faithful to His Word in the positive, He's also faithful to His Word in an area where I place myself as a judge. God says, if you do that, I will bring you down. God is faithful to that. So I have to make sure that because God is faithful to His Word, if I'm judging, God will judge me. He's faithful to His Word. Amen? Come on. Oh, it's very quiet in this happy Presbyterian church. <laughs> Are you with me? Amen. Amen. You know what should come out of our mouths for brothers and sisters is blessing. Because if Balaam said, look, what God has blessed, no man can curse. Look here. Here's the point. If I choose to speak against, uh, if I choose to speak against Bill, Billy, Billy, there we go. Bill. And, and God says, I, you've spoken against him, but I have blessed him. So when I speak against him, God says, okay, you want that curse back in your life? Let it bounce back. I think sometimes just keep quiet and deal with your own heart because God is faithful. Amen. Now you say, Pastor, are there people? I don't know what people are doing. Amen. But I do know that Satan wants to get footholds in people's lives. And this is one of the ways that he does it. That's one of the ways, like Balaam said, teach them to be unfaithful. The way that we are unfaithful to God is when we speak against the church, when we speak against brothers and sisters, when we speak against leaders, we're unfaithful to God. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. It's best sometimes zip your lips, say nothing and pray. That's it. Amen. Somebody say amen in this place. Are you with me? So God is faithful to His Word. Amen. You know, there are four stages. Quickly, let me give you four stages. There are four stages in any relationship, in any home cell, connect group, church, uh, activity, department. There's the honeymoon stage. You know the honeymoon stage? Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh, we just love you, Pastor. You're the best thing since whatever. You're the best thing since uh, uh, what's your favourite thing here? Uh, in Australia, uh, Biltong. Okay, right, Steve Biltong. Amen. All right. The, you're the best thing since, not jerky, that's not great. You know, all right. You're the best thing since what? What? Sliced bread. Is that like a favorite thing in Australia? <laughs> Amen. But you know, there comes a point after the honeymoon stage, there's a conflict stage because inevitably that person in the home cell or that person in your department or that person in the media is going to do something or say something that you don't like. So suddenly you've gone from the honeymoon stage and listen to me, all the young married couples and those about to be married, honeymoon, Ooh, hallelujah, that soon wears down probably a week afterwards. The conflict stage. And either you stay in conflict for years and years and years, or you say, let me resolve this because God is faithful. I want God to bless my life. I want Him to bless my marriage. I want Him to bless my uh, what I'm doing in the ministry. I want Him to bless what is happening in my life, in my workplace. So you go from this, this honeymoon stage to the conflict stage and conflict resolution is important. Amen. It's not, if you think the early church never had conflict, you are totally mistaken. They had conflict. Paul and Peter had conflict about circumcision. Why? Because Peter tried to make it a mandate. Mm -hmm. Sorry, let me not go there. Amen. Because if it was today, 
Amen. There was conflict, but they resolved it. Amen. Paul was very strong in what he believed. If you read the book of Galatians. He says, I'm here to obey man, a God, not man. And so he withstood them about the issue of placing the law upon people. Amen. Come on. There was conflict with John Mark. And, and Paul and Barnabas. And, and Paul and Barnabas have such conflict that, that Barnabas eventually goes and no one ever hears from him again. But, but later on, John Mark, uh, he obviously grew in that process and Paul says, bring him to me because he's profitable for the ministry. You see, conflict is inevitable. It's how what we do in conflict. The only way you can deal with conflict is to judge your own heart and say, God, change me. You can never change somebody else. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you know, the, the funny thing is this. I found that when I change, other people change. It's just, it's incredible. It's like a miracle. When I change my attitude, it's like, then I walk around thinking, man, that person's changed. Wow. <laughs> right? No, I've changed. Amen. After the conflict stage, there's community stage because now you're building community. It's the same in marriage. You don't have a marriage until you've learned to deal with conflict. Amen. Some people say, look, if you don't have conflict in the marriage, you're either not married or you, or you have departed and you're with Jesus. If you don't have conflict with people, it's like you, then you, I don't know. Maybe like floating in heavenly places. Amen. It's inevitable. But from conflict comes community. From community, once you've developed community and say, man, we embrace the vision, the purpose, why we exist. And listen, marriages, if you're married, especially young people are going to get married, get a vision for God. Get a vision for His church. Amen. Amen. Because what are you going to give your family? Amen. We have a vision for God, unashamedly, a vision for His church. Amen. Teach your children to serve in the church as young as possible. Teach them to love God, love the presence of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we won't go there. Maybe we'll do that on Father's Day. <laughs> Amen. And the last stage is multiplication. So when you've gone through this multiplication, that's just by the way. Amen. This is like free. Amen. Free advice. Free counsel. So God is faithful to His Word. Lastly, quickly, all God's promises are a resounding yes and never a no. So let's read this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, as I come to a close. So, so, so Paul writes, he says, as God is faithful, God is what? God is what? God is faithful. So what does He do? He links His life to the faithfulness of God. As God is faithful, our word, say our word, our commitment, amen, was not yes and no. Hmm? You see, all that what we do in our life and our foundation is built on the faithfulness of God. 
So Paul says, as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no, because God is faithful. God's not a yes and no God. Amen. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him was yes. Say, somebody say yes. Come on. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So all the promises of God are what? Yes and Amen. Come on, they are yes and Amen. In Christ, they are yes and Amen. Amen. Come on, are you with me? It, it's, it's a promise. It's a promise. Look, I have some money here. I've got like, a, I've got 10 bucks, right? 10 bucks here, nice crisp 10 bucks, right? $10, not bucks because, uh, all right. And I've got 50 here. Now, now this 50 is like, you know, <laughs> Amen. This fifty. Amen. All right. This fifty and this ten. This ten is like clean, done nothing. Who who wants the fifty? You want the fifty? Even though I did that, you prefer the fifty over the ten, right? Who? Can I see who? Amen. Who? <laughs> okay, Pilati, come. Come on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but you saw what I did to this. Why are you going to take this? Uh, that's 50 bucks. I stood on it and I rubbed it. Uh, anointed sweat, right? Is it okay? Yes, okay. Okay. You put a mask on it and it will be okay. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's the point. Here's the point. The promises of God are yes. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what your pressure has been. It doesn't matter if you think it's not going to work out because of certain areas in your life and you think, man, I've messed up or I've done this or this never happened and uh, life has been tough and it's gone through sweat and tears and, and I jumped on it. The promise of God is still yes. It's still worth it. If God spoke to you in the past and was worth X amount, it's still worth X amount. It has not diminished in its capacity to produce the result in your life. Amen. God's Word is always a yes. It's always a yes. No matter what you've gone through. So your 50 bucks is still worth 50 bucks even though I jumped on it and I, and I, and I, and I put some perspiration on it, anointed perspiration that's just been going down there and I crumpled it up. It was still worth that. And I want to declare to you, God's Word is still worth exactly what He's spoken to you. Amen. Your yes and your amen on God's faithfulness. Your life is built on God's faithfulness. Not on your behaviour, not on your feelings. And when you build it on the faithfulness of God, everything changes. There's a boldness that comes when you pray because God is faithful. Do you believe God wants to save the city? Then we start praying like that because God is faithful. Amen. Do you believe that? You see, as I come to a close, the band can come up. There is something about the character of God. That God says, who He says He is, He is. You know why? 
Because he was the burning bush that Moses had the encounter with. He was the great I am. When Moses said, whom shall I say, send me. And God said, tell them I am has sent you. Oh, I tell you what. So when he stood before Pharaoh, he said, who sent you? And he said, I am has sent me. God is who He is. Amen. And that's the reality. The Jesus, the commander of the Lord's army that met Joshua on the way. God is the wheel Ezekiel saw. He's the still small voice that spoke to Elijah. He's the light that blinded Saul for three days. He's the bright morning star that rises in your heart. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the healer of my soul. He's my great shepherd. Oh, I tell you what, He's the one who leads me beside the still waters. He's the one who leads us in triumph all the time. He's the one who says He will never leave us and never forsake us. He is our victory. He is our fortress. He is our Redeemer. He is our Deliverer. He is the one who is faithful and true. That's why we can say all the time, it is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. Can you sing that song? It is well. Come on. Come on. So we're going to sing that because we're going to have to make a declaration. We can declare it is well with my my soul, it is well. We need to know who God is as we go in these last four, uh, five months of this year. Oh, I tell you what, there's going to be a stirring up in faith to say, God, we are here for a purpose because we build our lives on the faithfulness of God, on who You are, who You say You are. It's not on ourselves. It's always on God. Amen. And that's what gives us the power. That's what gives us the anointing. Amen. It's that. Oh, we need Jesus more than ever. Come, let's stand to our feet. Oh, hallelujah. We can declare, it is well with my soul. It is well. Some of you need to say that over your lives, over your future, over your family. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.